All right, doggy. Uh, do it. Okay, give me one second. What time do you stop drinking caffeine at? What do you mean? Um, that, I don't understand yeah, this question. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I could get one. I don't understand the question. <laughs> what? By 9 o'clock, I start at maybe 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And then I stop about 8.30 in the morning. So okay. And then I have one at uh, after dinner. Porky from Santa one. Monica. Hey, do me a favor. Anybody uh, that's listening, one, Monday, one. Wednesday, and Friday. Did you like I, that one? Or do I you try and one? have one in the morning. One. But maybe two. Right. The thing is, is now that I'm getting older, my, first of all, I have a sleep. I have major sleep problems. Okay. So I can't, I can't fucking sleep well. So I'm oh. tossing, turn all night, having a really strange dreams. That's your head, bro. Oh, yeah, wait. that's your that's head, your homie. Head. That's your yeah, I got really, really crazy. See how they dreams. both said that real quick? It's your head. They, they're all they're, but two therapists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you. <laughs> all right, so then you, you try all right, to have so, one to two. Hold on, hold on. Are you, so, uh, are you ready? <clears throat> and then so I was like, well, maybe if I slow down, maybe if I don't have coffee after three, it'll right. oh, help you. The, the sleep will not be as bad, right? And so it's a 50-50 crapshoot. Like yesterday, I only had one cup of coffee. And in the morning. It, in the morning. That was it through the whole day. And last night, I was just fucking awake. So but that can't be the coffee. That wasn't the, the morning, coffee. Right. Definitely not. That was just like regular head, head ganders. Yeah. You know, tripping. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll be having strange dreams. Yeah, about like what, man? But <laughs> we're going to tell us on the show. I mean, he's already telling us on the show. <laughs> he's already telling us. <laughs> we're already being recorded. All right, here we go. Pimps and card shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in the beautiful city of Santa Monica, California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my red brother, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, and the motherfucking mad Indian in the box. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Wake up. Let's go. Get up. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's an old Indian song right there. Yeah. That's old Sklalem Indian song. It means 90s Indian song. Hell yeah. It's an old tribe called the Grunge Tribe. Don't yeah. know if you heard of that. From Washington. Hell yeah. We fucking spear motherfuckers. Let's go. Sounds good this morning. And partly due to the audio genius, old Blue Eyes himself. Oh. Yeah, buddy. That's right. Back in action. Back Sean in- Lewis, certified audio professional engineer for the hard luck show. Mm. Big pick 
Mike's in the house on visuals. It's uh, Scat Man. What's up, kids? How you doing, Harlem? Show the building, of course. Matt, shout out to everybody, man. Love. What's up, Sean? How you feeling, bro? What's up, G? What's up? What's man? going on? Long time no see. Miss you guys yeah, Doing some major work in the city of Los Angeles. Out of the west side. West. Heading up the Feed the Streets movement. Sasan, let's welcome Hassan to the show. Yeah. What up, what up? Yeah, no sleep, Hassan. No sleep till Hassan. Yeah, come on. Oh, my God, yeah. Come on. Can't catch some rest up in this motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, biggest song coming Son, in having straight. Some sleep deprivation. Yeah, having some you, serious you. questions about when to stop drinking caffeine for the big luck. Insomnia. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, when do you stop drinking? Caffeine? <laughs> don't, uh, listen, don't do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you just finished your eighth red line. When do you stop yeah, drinking caffeine? Exactly, bro. Um, and we'll get this. <laughs> listen, we'll get this out of the way right now. We had a son on maybe like eighteen months ago, two years ago. Has it been that long? It's been a while ago, man. I think that a son might have suffered from what many guests do when they come on to the show. Yeah. They like I get guys telling me, dude, I wasn't in prison. I wasn't in that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I want your story. You don't have to have that story. I think Hassan, man, was kind of caught up in some of that. And, and That's you called know, the- I wanted to bring him back on because this guy is a special dude. Right. He, he is just really, man, like that. I just really, I'm a fan of this guy, man, yeah. and a lot of his stuff, and I and I wanted to get his story of who he is or one, and what he's doing and what he's about, and, and over some time, you know, I watched this guy grow in a lot of different ways uh, in a community that I'm part of and as a man and as a person in the community, and we just started talking, and he, he started doing something. I was like, I really, really am into what you're about and what you're doing, and and let's let's get on the show, man. Let's talk about that stuff, and reinvited him on and uh and here we are today man with his son and i couldn't be happier about it a lot of people thank you a lot of people <sighs> suffer you. from gangster envy or prison envy right <laughs> i take see two that. right <laughs> i see that i see that but what is it that's so special that you're like fuck it we gotta have this guy on again and fucking talk tell the story well he's part of he's connected uh he's kind of like a brother in a way through a, a community that we're, we're all part of sure you know sure um an anonymous program and so uh sure we we, we know each other and we mm. support each other through mm. that and see each mm. other at different you know we're in the together. same sober clica yeah right <laughs> Right. So and he's from the west side here, you know what I'm saying? So kind of know what's going on. with. Yeah, but I mean, dude. that's just par for the course when you're in California. What on top of the yeah. clica is special about Hassan? What yeah, is he doing? Hassan, I don't, is, man, Hassan, how did you start? How, how did this whole thing start with your movement with Feed the Streets and helping his kids? And, yeah, he's wearing a sweatshirt that says FTS. Does that mean fuck this shit? What does that mean? It means uh, fuck this shit, fuck no. the system. What yeah. Does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> Feed the streets. Feed the streets. <laughs> feed the streets. Yes. Take it from the top. Yeah. Well, the tell us how, where, yeah. and what the, what's going on, man. All right. Well, thanks for, for bringing me back. You know, I, it's funny. 
uh, it's not the first time I've had to do a second take. You know? <laughs> You're I, right. I go on rants. I go, I, I can go down a wormhole of war stories. I get caught up, and 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 I still want to fit in, you know. And that's still a thing that uh, I was trying to work out, you know. After all these years of of being sober and being detached from some other life. What do you mean all these years? How many years do you think would that be about? I'll have nine years. Wow. New life, second life wow. in July. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time without a drink or a drug. Yeah. Well, you know, and think about this, though. Personal development, growth, and all that other stuff is mm -hmm. still happening at nine years. Absolutely. A lot of people, dude, I'm telling you straight up, I mean, a lot of people that think, you know, they get their one-year deal, and mm -hmm. then it's smooth sailing after that. Oh, yeah. Right. Right? I, I did my part. Where's my fucking check? And then there's a lot of people, like, in our community that know, like, they talk about that five-year thing. You get five years, and your head pops out of your ass. Right. So I think it takes... But then... Right? Just because your head popped out of your ass doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you're not shit in your ears. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so That's nine where that years. meditation comes yes. in. Oh, yeah. Zen. This yes. is a way oh. better tangent than my last tangent. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Cannot, I agree with you 1,000%, Hassan, on the meditation is definitely the game changer, bro. That fine-tuning comes in. Well, yeah. how do you guys meditate? What do you do to meditate? So... It's been a process and a journey over the course of the past nine years. So for the first six months, a friend of mine, Sean, who had already like kind of changed his ways, he was a year into it and he had been going to a meditation center and he was big on Buddhism and meditation and he was trying to get me to go with him. And I... I I just like refused. I was like, man, I can't go with you to your little meditation group. I was really new. I was just fresh off the block. So I was like not down to sit down and close my eyes with a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. And then one day he got me to go and I went and they talked about mindfulness. And they talked about breathing and identifying your thoughts, investigating the mind with your mind, so to speak, right? Yeah. And that's kind of was just the beginning of my journey. I was like, all right, this ain't so bad. You know, I'll try it out. And I had been, and I've just been meditating every day for the past like eight and a half years. And what it looks like today is I get up in the morning or usually around 5.30 or 6, my phone is on airplane. So I don't wake up and look at my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't enter the world of text messages, emails, or social media. Wow. I hop up. I either will sit up in my bed, like sit up straight, but not like knocked out. Mm -hmm. Or I, I have a cushion in the center of the floor in my, in my crib. And I'll sit on the cushion and I'll bang out a 30-minute meditation. Nice. Wow. I like and, that. And that meditation is a process in and of itself. Some of it is just breathing mm -hmm. and focusing on the breath and being mindful of when my brain starts to create a, a train of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And usually those thoughts are revolved around like uh, plotting, planning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
shit I said or wanted to say in the past. Oh, yeah. Or jobs or money. Mm-hmm. Just oh. all everything yeah. irrelevant to the actual moment of breathing and meditation and 1000% <laughs> right. And so sometimes I'll just I'll hop on this train for 10 minutes straight and be sitting on the cushion just thinking yeah. about some shit right. and vibrating right. Right. not caring just- <laughs> and then be like, "Yo, whoa." Right. Let's breathe. Right. 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 <sighs> right. And then you got to know that you're breathing. You got to know it. And then it pulls you out of the out of the train of thought, and Fuck. so that's that's as our friend had mentioned recently that that's the meditation, you know. Yeah, pu- getting pulling yourself—that's all part of it. Pulling yourself back. What do you do, your Big Lux? I was given Kriya meditation practice before I ever got to s- into sobriety through Jessica's mom, who was a teacher at SRF. Oh, self-realization so, fellowship, right? And uh, Yogananda. Yogananda, right? Right. Uh, Parahansu Yogananda and and that listen I love breathing I, I do love too. third eye um, there's a lot of different and, mm-hmm. and all of them are right yeah. all of them whatever you want to do is right right I always turned on to Kriya meditation which a, is with Kriya yoga so that's all about the spine the spine sitting up straight yep. and a little yeah. bit of a gaze up oh, yeah. and that the, the energy source and everything is happening through the spine your nerves your from the from your brain yeah. down to your body everything's kind of centered off of and that's where the energy point is your spine so your feet are on the ground and your hands are up and your and your back is you make sure your back is straight right. yeah, that motherfucker gets across. sore too Right. Oh, I know that. <laughs> and uh, Start I go leaning out. in like one direction and leaning in the next direction. I have a nice chair that's padded. Oh. And I go outside usually. Okay. And uh, that's usually at about late. It's like about 4.30. Yeah. And I get out there and I, I sit real quietly and um, and I get into the position. And yeah, it's the, it's the same thing. Like, I'll be, it's all usually fear-based and it creates anxiety, it's fear, it's, yeah. it, and I'm not in the present. I'm either in the future or I'm in the past. And it's usually I have to pull myself back and start clearing my head to get to this blank space, just this blank space. Um, and lately, uh, I, there's always been something with crows with me. Really? Always, my whole life, there's always been crows. When I was getting into trouble, there'd be crows around. When I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, even when it was good, there's always crows around me. Or crows would land right by me and look at me. Oh, always, this has always happened. And I always thought it was bad. And then somebody was like, that's probably your animal spirit or they're looking out for you. And so I started mm-hmm. re... So when I, as soon as I start having the trouble early on with the thoughts, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you guys up game what I do. And this helps me every time it brings me. I begin to fly from my house to the ocean. and But I'm the crow and I'm up in the sky. Mm. And I'm overlooking my house and I leave from my house all the way to the ocean. And then I fly all the ways back. And when I'm doing that, all I'm looking at is, is the ground from the sky. And I'm flying. And all, it removes every thought that I'm having. And by the time I come back and land on the porch where I'm at, I'm in, there's nothing. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm in total black and I'm just sitting still on part of this planet. And I'm thinking about nothing. Today I had like 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes of nothing was in my Damn. head. What does and that I feel felt, like? Dude. 
it's the most wonderful feeling in the world. There, there's nobody can touch me. Nobody's calling me. Nobody's looking for me. I'm not even, I'm just part of this planet. I'm just part of this planet. And I can hear like the birds and different sounds and I can feel the vibration. I'm just like, just observing that I'm just part of this whole giant thing. And I'm just sitting there uh, observing nothing really. I'm just being. Right. And man, dude, my body's like, it works perfectly at that moment. At that moment, I am in perfect harmony with everything. And uh, and that's the place that I'm trying to get to. And that's where I think um, I'm able to examine. Like, things start to come to me in that place. Like, solutions, yeah. creative ideas. I can examine what I don't want, what I want, what I can stop. And those things all come to me when I come out of the meditation. It's like, ah, oh, all this stuff. I don't want to go on and on. This is Hassan's show. But no, this is good. This is good. It's But, but one thing I will say is last yeah. night. Yeah. When our friend was speaking, he said something and he and and that was ring true for me and he said and this is kind of referring to the work that we do in that program. He says meditation is the game changer when you implement it once the work's done. It's like the final piece kind of in a way. And I've found that to be true for me like it's it's changing my life, dude, and it's changing the way I operate, the way I look at things. It slows the world down. Yeah. So that, that that's what I want to say. I'm really big on it. It's really really changing my life, man. And and I know that he's a part of it. And he's probably been on it a little bit longer than I have with his meditation practice. But it's, it's great, Juman. Yeah. Sean, <laughs> Sean. She was like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, well, to go off the crow thing real quick. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, a lot of cultures consider crows and ravens to be harbingers of wisdom and um, comedy. Hmm. The my tribe, the Sklalem tribe, the the raven is a cousin of the crow. They are all, I think. Corvids. Mm. It's the Latin term. The raven is the much larger one. And of course, everybody's familiar with the Edgar Allan Poe poem, quote the raven nevermore. Now, <clears throat> a couple of things about the crows is that tribes, Indian tribes, and even non-Indian tribes, right? They've looked at crows and ravens as messengers of some kind of whatever it is. Really? Yeah. In fact, my tribe used to cultivate relationships with ravens. Wow. By feeding them and they would come. And a couple of things to know about ravens and crows are, number one, they do not know. Science has no fucking idea why they're black, as black as they are. Mm. There's no, they're, they're not night birds, so there's no like camouflage aspect. They're in a lot of hot places, and birds actually can overheat, so they're not sure exactly why they're black like that in the hot places. And if you ever see birds, because birds are warm-blooded and they can overheat, if you ever see birds, when they cool, they puff up. And if you look in the trees, and you'll see crows doing this, and you'll see other birds doing this, they can actually lift all their feathers up and let the cool air come in between the feather blades cool them right i've seen that yeah so they also know that crows and ravens are one of the few birds that play 
There's videos. You go on to YouTube, you'll see videos of crows and ravens sledding in the snow or on roofs. They'll fly. They'll hit a snowbank on their chest, and they'll just slide down and laugh about it, and they don't, they don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Crows and ravens are in the top five smartest animals in the world, smarter than dolphins, horses, dogs, you name it. They're smarter. Um, and they, 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 they see crow behavior that they don't understand still, such as they see crows, sometimes they'll find an ant nest, and they'll lay down on the ant nest and let the ants cover them. What? They think maybe the ants are eating some kind of parasite, perhaps, mm. on the crow, but mm. they don't really know and they don't have evidence for that. They don't know mm. what the crow's doing. So the crow, you know, in, in, in the Salish traditions of, the, of my tribe, the, the raven is the one that let the sun and the moon and everything out of the box. Mm. So that now you have the sky or whatever it is. Why the fucking moon is in a box and the sun's in a right, right, right. How's a wooden box hold the sun? I have no idea. We're burning up. But the point of the matter is, so they are very important animals and they are symbols that, to me anyway, based on all of that, that there's some element of nature that you don't, won't ever be fully explained. Hmm. It just can't be. There's a part of life that is satirical and in some ways beautiful but also in other ways crows mock Mm. that's something the indians actually respect about them they make fun of people they they take shit from you and then like hide it and they whatever so it's an interesting thing that you say this about crows uh, uh, that they somehow represent something to you for real right so, having said all that, yes. in Los Angeles, you see a lot of crows mm-hmm. in the city, sometimes in the street. Speaking yeah, of streets. in the street. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Speaking LA of streets, streets, I've seen some hungry streets. These are about the hungriest streets lot, I've ever seen. And a lot of needy, different. Yeah. Come on, Hassan. Tell yeah. us how this. Okay. Let's happened, go. Dude. What Feed happened, dude? The Feed the streets. Feed the crows. <laughs> yeah. Well, you Feed don't need streets. to. Those motherfuckers are eating. Yeah. yeah. I got. Well, yeah. I, I'm glad that you guys mentioned uh, the streets. And there are a lot of crows here in these streets. And there's a lot of hungry people in these streets. And there's yeah. a lot of communities that are kind of left in the shadows. Hell yeah. They're right. In. Speak um, on And... In a nutshell, I can't really talk about Feed the Streets without talking about my friend Caesar. And oh. Yeah. Who's Caesar? Caesar. Sess. Sess from the West. So about close to nine years ago, I just exited out of a chapter of my life a dark chapter entered a new chapter caesar was there for the transition for the transition and he was one of the very few people i could vibe with and hang out with and caesar he grew up in culver city and he's he's from around here and he also knows lucky as well sure he's been on the show you remember caesar right yeah but who the hell doesn't know lucky lucky knows everyone in this he goddamn does. fucking <laughs> united states these united shout states out, shout out to Seth from the west by the way yeah <laughs> so um he he helped me out he helped me out tremendously and he also has a very he's been through a lot 
Yeah. And so. What kind of help did you need that he, he was able to help you out? He was able to help me out because I, when, when I started this new phase of my life, it was very hard for me to relate to just regular civilians and regular people. And it was just, I thought everyone was whack. Like if you didn't do exactly what I did and you didn't experience right. the same things I did or more, you right, know, you had right. to, I was the bar. So it had to be like my experience or higher for me to be able to listen to you or take you seriously. <laughs> and I was just my mind was so warped. Right. I just, relate to this. If just, you're not doing what I'm doing, you're whack. Yeah. All right. I get if, that. If, <laughs> if X, Y and Z didn't happen to you or you right. didn't do X, Y and Z or you don't right. know anything about X, Y and Z, then I don't fucking know you. you right. Know? I don't know you and I don't want to know you and you're lame. And, and so now you're entering the world of lameness, <laughs> yes. basically, right? So civilian. That was the last door that was open yeah. to you was the world of the lame. And yeah. you were like, fuck. Yeah. So you're, all right. So you go through this door. And it's such a sick, rad world, too. You know, right. FYI. So <laughs> Caesar was there and a couple other people were there that I trusted and I knew that they knew about X, Y, and Z. Right. Whatever that was. Right. And I think within within about a year, I had this this overwhelming feeling of being in debt to the universe okay. for my freedom and my life. Right. It was a very powerful feeling where I, I just was there were so many close calls. Mm. And so many things that could have and should have happened to me that didn't. And I had watched a lot of those things happen to other people. Mm -hmm. And they're gone today. They're dead or they're in prison forever. And I just knew how lucky I was that I had got blessed with this gift of a second life to just start over again. At what point? All right. Do you have an idea when or where that was that you, it finally hit you? Because a lot of people come into Second Life, mm -hmm. and at first, they're just trying to stop the bleeding, mm -hmm. right? There's not too right. much whatever right. going right. on. Certain amount of time passes, and then one day, right, they're going into 7-Eleven for that pizza and holding up the line for everybody else. And then all of a sudden it hits them like, holy shit. So yeah. do you know where you were or what the circumstance was? I knew when I had the, the first awakening to this, it was July 6th. 2000 damn you got the date now yeah july 6 2013 yeah we're coming it, up on it it was that was the day that i knew i was going to change my life all right and that moment was, of clarity that was think? the moment of clarity i knew i was going to change my life i knew how lucky i was i knew what a gift mm. i i was getting and i knew what i was able to walk away from and so it probably took about another eight to nine months for me to realize that there's got to be a way for me to give back. Right. right. There's got to be something that I can do for someone else where I don't get shit back in return. Any material rewards, any paychecks, any kind of, you know, great acknowledgement. And, right. and so I thought it would be a good idea to make some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and roll some cigarettes. Wow. 
Like okay. just for yourself to have lunch? For for some unhoused unhoused people down on Skid Row. Stop right there. Was it Bugler? <laughs> it was Bugler. Bugler. Yeah, yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah, we Bart. bought cans of Bugler. That's what's yeah. up. Good shit. Yeah. Would you just pull the lid off and just stick your nose in there and just <laughs> I like, love that, dude. Oh, tobacco. And, and I love so, you, tobacco. Wait, but wait. How did you come to the idea of cigarettes and, and peanut, peanut butter, butter and jelly, jelly sandwich? All right, so the PBJ is just the ultimate, simplest way to get some nutrients, some carbs, and a little protein and a little sugar. Yes. It's, it's, okay, stop mm-hmm. right there. Old Blue Eyes, you did research on PB&J real quick. Tell us the history. How did PBJ even become a thing and go? I think it was World War One. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put, um, I can't remember, it was, uh, they put it in uh, the rations, mm-hmm. and then they used to combine the... the. Okay, so, okay, so, no, that's right, no, I'm not trying to mess him up, he's getting, he's jumping ahead a little bit. They put peanuts separately, peanut butter separately, they put the jelly separately, right, Blue Eyes? Yeah. And yeah. then they had the bread. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying this because Blue Eyes told me, I'm trying to slow it down because okay. he's getting ready to do the combo. Who, whose idea was it to do the combo? The, <laughs> the soldiers. No, the soldiers, yeah. Yeah, it was the soldiers. Right. And so then the when sold- they got back. Yes. And when they got back and changed the entire sandwich Fucking industry. Fucking really? Yeah. Originally, it was just like, here's peanut butter, here's jelly, here's some bread, here's some other shit, here's the da da It was the soldiers who figured it out. And they loved it so much that when they came back, it became a thing. So wow. go back. Okay. So now, so we understand nutrients and everything, but... Were you having a conversation with somebody about that? So or? yeah, Caesar. Caesar was the the second the second party. You, you have an idea, and you want it to come to life. You got to tell someone, mm-hmm. unless you can just do it by yourself. And I couldn't do this particular mission by myself. And we talked about it. You know, the peanut butter jelly sandwich, cigarettes. Let's take it down to Skid Row. And hook some people up. There's a ton of people down there. At that time, there were probably like 40, 50,000, you know, homeless, unhoused people in the city that they've got number, like that they've recorded, mm-hmm. right? Like that they've documented. Now it's probably more like 60, 70. Don't quote me. I, I, I didn't go out there and count every single person. No, right. but you did right. hand out a lot of sandwiches. This is just how it started. And Caesar was down. If, it, Okay, that's hold on. Dope. Hold that's on. Great. That's, that's how fantastic. it started. Okay. Number one, for Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds that are in Scranton, Ohio right now, where is Skid Row in Los Angeles? Skid Row is in the center of Los Angeles in downtown. And right. it's probably about like a one one mile, one and a half mile square radius right. of the most concentrated encampments. Of, of people that don't have homes, people that are living in tents. Me- yeah, tents, mental health facilities that right. offer housing. Right. Section 8 missions, right. the Midnight Mission, the LA Mission, the Weingart Center. Like, it's just, if you could just take every rehabilitation center, every mission. Right. For housing, every Section 8, every like mental facility that also does housing. Yeah. And put it in one square mile radius, that is Skid Row. Right. And that spills out onto the street because not everyone's able to abide by the rules in a Section 8 housing facility. And then so you have double the population that's in all those buildings. You have double that, if not more, on the street that have just created 
a, a new world. Right around Fifth Street, right? Fifth, San Julian, Crocker, yeah. Fifth, Sixth. And what's seven. weird about that area is there's like a hipster art zone like yeah, two yeah. feet from that yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like right next to it and forgotten industrial old industrial yeah. right fucking, and you know? yeah, some fashion of, district all yeah. the districts yes. surround around yep. skid row sean you used to live down there i did where did in you los what angeles was... in seventh oh yeah nope. yeah right dude right he was like that. not yep. that far right in from it. it yeah yeah that's even started to become yeah dude, dude yeah. didn't you guys used to like have to take weird walks to get Fuck away yeah bro there's people taking a shit right on, on yeah. the sidewalk right constantly see that my car was like completely vandalized by just people screaming we shitting had, on your fucking dude, car all, all that, kinds huh? of shit yeah. using it all for a fuck shack yeah right yeah exactly okay. yeah. all right <laughs> look at that face he's like uh, yeah yeah that was okay intense. so go on yeah, so so that's where Skid Row and and the Skid Row eight years ago is different than the Skid Row now. The Skid Row now is just spreading. It's right. It's it's, it's growing. Right. It, it's true. It evolves. It just. It what do you attribute that to? Big. It, honestly, I would say a lot of it is mental health. Then mental health mixed with substance abuse. Yeah. Then mixed with you have the there's so many different. Social classes of unhoused people, right? Yeah. So you have inflation, unemployment, everything okay. from like the person who's down and out, who lost their job during the during the pandemic, and Fuck. EDD has failed them. Social services have failed them, and they're living out of their car. They're trying to work. <sighs> so you have everything from that severe to, trauma. Yeah, to to trauma to the veterans of abuse. Vets. Yep. Yeah, the yep. vets, vets have been forgotten to. Uh, mental health patients. Senior citizens, you know, uh, yeah. handicapped. Think about all that shit, you know? And then you, you got the people that are, that maybe were in treatment and they left treatment and they're just out in the street and they're getting high and they don't give a fuck. And right. how about the predators? And there's the people that are going to take advantage of all these people are out there as well. The people that are going to profit on all this. I've talked to some people and they said there's definitely a business thing going on down there. Hell yeah, there is. There's dope dealers selling dope, making money off all this. Yeah. Right, but there's, but there's a lot. There's yeah. a there's lot victimization of, down there. There's also the shady mutual aid groups. Right, who, absolutely. Who find ways to get big grants? Right, we're talking million dollar grants, half million dollar grants. Right, and they're they're. And they find a way to finesse and steal and, and do the well, bare minimum. I mean, listen, it, it costs a lot of money to try to save the homeless. Yeah, yeah. It's not so easy. We got to divert a lot of those funds to have pool parties to raise even yes, more money. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the yacht master. Right, exactly. Um, um, okay, so, but wait a second, though. Okay, so you're talking to Caesar. Yeah, we're talking to Caesar. You're sitting there. Now, let me get this straight, though. Somewhere you're like, I fucking lucked out. I've got to do something. I've got something hanging on. Maybe even a little bit of a guilt. Like, maybe I did some things that I shouldn't have done. And did How do I make it all right? Is that right? That is very correct. Okay. And so then you're like... So, but 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 so there's a million things you can do, Hassan. Like yeah. you could be like, oh, I'm gonna buy garments from women in Africa, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna fucking, you know what I mean? I'm gonna canoodle with the loveless, whatever. But how did you think I'll feed the homeless? Okay, so I have been hungry before. 
You have. I have been hungry before, and I was never homeless in the way of like I lived in a tent for years and and was digging out of out of trash cans and stuff. But right. I know what it's like to be hungry and not have food. Fuck. How? What's the hungriest you've been, bro? All right, the hungriest I've been. I, I think. Y'all will appreciate this. I so, want to uh, hear this because I don't think I've ever been hungry in my entire life. LA, LA County Jail. <laughs> All right, hold on. It gets, yeah, it gets good. Uh, I keep getting moved, so I keep missing store. And I just got there and was there maybe about a week. And I had saved a packet of mustard. <laughs> and I was so fucking hungry. I was going crazy. And and it was some kind of transfer mm. dorm too. Like so no one had shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. Right. And the last time they feed you when you're <laughs> in the Bunch, when you're funny. in the county jail, the, the last they, they served dinner at like four thirty. Right. PM. Like grandparents. Yeah. Maybe Spread even. that shit across your finger. Pretend <laughs> hey, it was a hot was, dog. <laughs> hey. It's 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 three p.m. and you see the trustees rolling in the fucking dinner the dinner carts. It's three and they're rolling the motherfuckers in, right? If only this was a hot <laughs> and do it again like three times. Okay, I was. This was the hungriest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Might be one of the greatest stories ever told on and, my life. I had one packet of mustard, and it wasn't a beefy packet. It was like a, you know, they they shoot the skimp. The little packet. ones, a half halfway. Yeah. Was it up even with air. like what? Was it Heinz mustard? Or no, it was just like it was a some no kind of like bullshit. Bob Barker. Yeah, <laughs> French's bullshit, right? So I had this packet of mustard. And I remember, I was like, yes. <laughs> and I and I looked up, and my my bunkie up on the top, he was hungry too, <laughs> and. And the two of us split a packet of mustard. Shut Damn, the dude. fuck And that uh, held us down until breakfast the next morning. Fuck. And I can never, never forget that packet of mustard. I can't forget have, like splitting it with the homie. You know, like he was so hungry that he too sucked on a little... Was little, it like the greatest mustard you'd ever eaten at that time? You were just like... Oh man, what is that gray poupon? It was in that moment. It was it was the great the the greatest thing that happened to You're me like, that that's day. Deli mustard, man. And I don't know why I even had. I don't know how I got that pack. Doesn't of mustard. matter. Doesn't Thank matter. you, God. God. Thank you, God. So I I hold on to that mustard moment. Oh. Splitting the splitting the packet of mustard. That's the name of your autobiography. Mustard yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah. Fuck of, yeah, yeah, bro. Hassan. Yeah, I can see the book cover. And it's a piece of like mustard, emptied, an emptied mustard. Yeah, it's open. all yellow. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah, book thing's yeah, yeah, yellow. I love it. Mustard. All right, all right. All right, all right. Go, sorry, okay, go. I want to interrupt real quickly because <laughs> yeah. I want to say, listeners, if you're listening right now, you know a change has come in your life <laughs> when you get an idea to bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and rolled cigarettes to people in need. Oh. There was no profit here. There was no business plan here. There was no way to get rich scheme. Right. You just came up with like, I want to fucking make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and roll cigarettes and bring them out to people that have nothing. Right. That Something's are, going on in your that life when so that's hungry. your greatest idea right. at that you, moment. Exactly. That are so hungry that they'd, be, they'd even eat a packet of mustard. You're going to bring them cigarettes yes. and basically the Cadillac of snacks, which is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And bro. 
when you go down, when people are in need and you go down, if they don't want just the sandwich, because they might just say no and brush you off. Yeah. Oh. But if you have a cigarette, yeah. you're going to get somebody's attention. Like, they're going to come fuck with you if you got a cigarette all for right, them, all bro. All right, okay. That's so, the hook. Okay, so hold on. So going back to this now. All right, so you and Caesar, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You guys have said, look, I, we've been in some tough situations. Mm-hmm. Tobacco is important to somebody. Yes, it is. And so would a good fucking sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Not, okay. You guys finally go like fucking peanut butter and jelly. I mean, what what's a what's a crack blast without a cigarette right after? Right. Right. Well, right. You guys gonna, probably said they're going to hate. Me. I always want what's a cigarette. You like in the lowest lowest of times, a cigarette was like the most important thing yeah. somebody could hand me, dude. All right. Okay. That's like Go. meditation in a stick right yes, there. Yes, it you is, know? man. It's God in a stick. <laughs> kidding me. All right. Okay, so now, before we get, because I, I am curious to hear, because I once brought Halloween candy to a homeless encampment in Santa Ana down by the courthouse. Nobody cared. Right. They're dying. They're like, eh, get that out of here. So. How did you guys make the sandwiches? Did you got big tubs? Yeah, we. So once once Caesar was down, I knew that this could this could happen, yeah. and we just reached out to a couple friends. We're like, hey, this is what we're thinking about. We had a couple friends who had a couple bucks because I didn't have shit. I think I was bussing tables at the time, or I, I don't even remember where at Arby's. I remember I was bussing tables at <laughs> Coral Tree Cafe in Brentwood. Okay. Oh, and. Mm. They, so we'd got to, we were able to raise like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. My friend Zoe, I remember uh, Zoe, she bought all these containers of bugler. Yeah. And then we went and just to the straight, like 99 cent store, just got tubs of PB and J. Fuck. Just yeah. tubs of peanut butter, tubs of jelly, and bread. And a bunch of us, maybe like, 20 people we met up at vets park in culver city mm. and we had different it was like a production you know we had production yeah, line right. we had different tables one table had peanut butter. six people rolling cigarettes just rolling and rolling mm. and rolling and rolling another table was making pbjs another table was bagging them that's fucking tell yeah, yeah dude. and so and and after that we caravan down to how many how many packages of yeah how much PBJ we probably made uh, two to three hundred that day I in like is that ten by ten like what does that look like is that like is that like six eight boxes it's a it's a bunch of garbage bags okay filled with right. filled with PBJ yeah. and you guys are just now you're cruising yeah we we caravan to six what's going on bro? like six in Maple. What is it? Okay. Okay. All right, brother. This up. Yeah, man. But this is a private. This is a private thing we're going on. Okay, brother. All good, man. All good. No, we're doing a podcast. All right, but all right, brother. Thank Have a you. Good day. Right. Okay. 
Speaking yeah, of people good. who might yeah, yeah, need yeah. a rolled cigarette and peanut butter and jelly. I just can't have them in here because then we're responsible if something happens or this guy falls down or something's missing. So we got to. Dude had Diablo eyes. <laughs> he had the gander eyes. He had some. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't want to turn my. I mean, the guy's probably a nice guy, but in this, oh, absolutely. In this current stage, it's I didn't want to turn my back I'm on him. I was like, I'm responsible for everything that goes on here while I'm Did in you here. make a deal with him? <laughs> Are have... you in league with that guy? Did I send him in? Yeah. No, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, whoa. And I looked at his eyes. I was like, Captain Morgan. Eyes. Now, if he would have busted out 20 bucks and been willing to pay, we would have given him a check. No. You don't get this for free. <laughs> All right. So. It, wait, shh. All right, go back. Yeah. So <laughs> we, 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 caravan, we caravan down there and, and we, you know, Target is a midnight mission. It's on 6th and St. Julian. That's the, that's the epicenter. Right. Yes, it is. Stone's okay. throw from old Blue Eyes old apartment. And we just hopped out of the cars. <laughs> And with boom, the bags. hit the street with the bags. Motherfuckers were carrying cases of water, like there. And there's pictures of this stuff too from where from 2000. And is it on the website? There, I don't know if there's 2015 or 14 pictures on the website. Yeah. We do have a website, but we should put some up there for sure. Yeah. What's the website? Right, since we're here, what's yep. the website? The website is www. Right now, we do Bugler. have a, we do have a website. <laughs> Bugler should be sponsoring you guys. Dude. We can help you put a letter together to Bugler. Oh, dear we'll get Bugler. They're Bugler. And we also have Feed the Streets New York, too, right. just to, wow. to cut two. Right. Over it, there, the deli's The website better. is? The and website is feedthestreets.info. Dot info. Great. Bang, bang. Movemental.media. Yeah. Okay. Right on. All right, all right. So go. So you guys hit the streets. We hit the streets and we- 20 deep. Yeah, maybe even more, maybe, maybe 30 deep. Did you just cause like a fucking wave, a fucking tidal wave of like people is like, dude, where's the road cigarette? Well, you yeah. get swarmed. Yes. You get swarmed and you have to know how to, how to deal with that. How do you deal with the homeless swarm? So you have to... Tolerance. Yeah, love and tolerance is our code, but you have to kind of <laughs> use authority. Yes. Love, tolerance, authority, he assertiveness. Like, he was like, yeah, that's our code. You, can't, <laughs> you, you have to kind of find within you some kind of toughness and hardness because they'll respect it if you're like, hey, everybody, right. Right. make a line, please. Yeah. And you start to assert yourself from a position of positive authority. Right. They'll start to respect it. But if you're just like, oh, well, I have this, they'll be like, well, let me get two more from my friend right, down the street. Right, right, I mean, right, 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 yeah. right. Can I have five Say sandwiches? In the house. Can, can I just have the whole bag? Right, you know? Right, right, and it's yeah. what I would do if I was in that situation. Sure, right, right, ain't nothing right, wrong with right. it. Can I have 20 cigarettes? Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have $20 as well, please? Right. I need in your it. car. Leave your you car know. here. So ah. you, you have to find the people in your group who you are able boundaries. to do this. And still, even at that, time if the swarm has already happened there's almost no coming back from a swarm so right. you got to establish right. this right away so we, we've learned this first of all this is a, a journey because right cut two from that first peanut butter and jelly we don't get swarm now we have tables now we right. have several volunteers right. we have lines you learn you learn by yeah through this whole process trial and error, trial right. and error. You're you guys yeah. have right did you bring yeah. like a riot shields and be like hey stand you, back bro. you know what i've had to do when we'll get to this but i've had to provide first aid 
I've had to be a street <sighs> medic. I've had to close people's heads up who's got their shit split have you open. Ever, and let's get right down to it. And let's stop lying to ourselves, Hassan. Have you ever provided homeless CPR? Not yet. Would you? 100%. Wow. Yeah. Not many Without a my, mouth condom. No mouth condom. Mouth oh, to mouth. Are yeah. you kidding me? Full on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tongue and everything. Right. No, but no, but yeah. Raw yeah, ride. Hey, right. brother. Hey. What are yeah. they, they Rough riding. What's that rough called? Rough riding. Hey. Bareback. They, hey, they wake up raw and, and my tongue's in their mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> raw dog in it. Just another type of sandwich. Right. So that's just how hey. mutual aid groups do CPR. Relax, okay? You get back, you get back home, and your lips are all yeah. inflamed. Right, right. All right. Now, joking aside, let's get mm. back to the people's love. All right. So you've got tables. I could just see the faces of our CEO, Esme Edwards, and our CEO and our vice president and all the board members just cringing right now, like you motherfucker. It's good for them. It's good for them because all higher-ups and all hierarchies need a little bit of a taste of the real. They the know. Real, they know. The real politic. Yeah. Right? You were down there with the PB&J, my friend. You were there. You were handing them out. You were helping. You've done it. You've helped people. What is, and let me ask you this, what is the key to um, doing first aid in, I'll, in I'll, that I'm going to I do want to talk about. First aid skid row and to go into first aid skid row, I'll pass through go ahead. the first the first act of Feed the Streets yeah, with well, Caesar. So act. what yeah, happened yeah. is we realized how much fun this was, how liberating it was. What did it feel like for you? It personally? felt like a sense of freedom and purpose. Hmm. Those are things you just cannot buy. Right. And I I knew that giving my time and energy was the right thing to do. And there just wasn't ever uh, also for, for the life that I'd lived before. I just knew there was never going to be a, a, a cap to how much I could give or what I could do because I got so lucky. What does it mean to you? I mean, first of all, how long does that high last? When you do that and you come away from that, you've known that you've done something positive. You understand that you've alleviated some suffering there. How long does that high last for you mm. before you're like, man, that this this actually is something I could really be do do for a long time? I think the initial good feeling, the the serotonin and all the things that start firing off in your brain from doing esteemable acts will probably last about. 24 hours until the next morning you know you yeah. wake up and you're like damn that was tight you know those people were really stoked that we came down there yeah and they thanked us you know and so what happened is this turned into an annual thing we would we would meet up once a year and every year we were able to get a little a couple more hundred bucks and more people would come and then we started to bring more items like bags of chips cup of noodles what else hits mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. else what's what's the other most used food item outside of a pbj for people who are in fucked up situations yeah. or people that are suffering and don't have money what what's the number one hitter and it's a it's a bag of top ramen yep instant ramen that's right 
the second time, my most hungriest time outside of the mustard packet yeah. was splitting a top ramen with my homie Chips. Mm. Right. Yep. We were stranded, no money, and we had one packet of top ramen. And and that sustained us this for the day. This is the second time that you've shared food. And obviously now this is a sharing f- food sort of uh, mission that you're on. Besides everything else we just talked mm-hmm. about, from your own personal DNA or inheritance, familial inheritance, mm-hmm. what is this thing that you... Because you seem to share food, even no matter how little you have, with your homie. Where does this come from? I... I, you know, that's a good question. I haven't th- given much thought about it. I just, I can remember times growing up as a kid and, and not, I always had food in my home, yeah. but you know, when I was 13 years old, I, 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 that was the first time I ran away from home just cause I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the street. I just didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable in my house and I felt comfortable in the street. And so I essentially, when I ran away the first time when I was 13, I just never came back home until I was like 20, you know, so to, so to speak, 26 or 27 by, by the time I came home physically and emotionally and spiritually. And a lot of people looked out for me. You know, I just remember being 14, 15 and the guys who used to hang out on this street called Helm Street by my house. They would, you know, I didn't have, sometimes I didn't have money and they would buy me chili cheese fries from Campos. And I just remember those things. Mm. I remember Mm. dudes that were a little older than me buying me food when I didn't, when I didn't have any, or I was just out fucking around. And I, I just also remember doing the same for my friends when I, when I had my little, my little homies and being able to buy them a Tom's five chili burger on Venice Boulevard, you know, and like how much that meant to them to be able to buy someone a hamburger. And so act two. Yeah. We come to feeding the streets now is growing. It's growing. We're doing it annually. It's once a year. We're getting more people involved and we come to, so that started uh, around 2014-15, right? That was the beginning. Yeah. So 2000, by 2017, we got Danny Trejo involved. We held nice. a, a Feed the Streets at Trejo's Tacos on Olympic. Nice. nice. And we did a clothing drive. And there were people that drove from Arizona to bring clothes. Really? For us to give away. Yeah. Nice. Wow. And... As it continued, we started to see year after year who are who are going to become our hitters, you know, like who are who are regular soldiers. Yeah. And by 2019, we hosted the kind of I would say last of its era clothing food drive. So they were basically hosting a supply drive, a supply drive for unhoused communities in you know, around the Skid Row area. And in 2019, I want to say right before the pandemic. Right. Right before, we hosted a big supply drive at Elysian Park. And this was the beginning of the shift. This was like the preface to the new Feed the Streets, right? It was the first time we had raised over a thousand bucks. Okay. And my friend Alyssa, aka Slime, and shout out Slime. and Shout out Slime. 
and Amy Hickson, shout out Amy Hickson, and a bunch of other people. Ben at LAX Packs, like all these. Shout out Ben LAX Packs. All these, all these people came together and they started to make social media posts about what we were doing. And someone just had the idea to put up their Venmo. I think it was Slime. She was just like threw her Venmo up there. Or some someone right. put their Venmo up, and boom, we started getting racks started coming in. This was way different from 300 bucks, you know. Right. When you're getting $2500 donation from $20 here, $100 there just from people seeing it on social uh, media. How long, how long into it though? How long into Fid the Streets from peanut butter and jelly and you starting to this point where people start recognizing I would and say you about four, yeah, four, four to five years. To five you see years. you guys? Yeah. Okay, you see people? Like, it, this wasn't overnight. No. This wasn't, and they didn't go into it with that plan. They went into it to help people. Right. And they were about it. And when you are about it, people eventually are going to take notice of what you're doing. Hey, so <clears throat> so the Great. Venmo thing, right, is completely worlds apart from that like paper thermometer and the little bucket right. where you're just marking out how much food or money is coming yeah. in. So when that well, Venmo didn't even exist, I I don't think when we when we, when we started. started right. right. Yeah. So when that happened, then what happened? So so when that happened, we were able to do bigger shopping. Yeah, and we were able to invite more people, and it became a community event. So right. not only were we servicing the people who allow us to bring these donations to their communities, so like the people on Skid Row could totally be like, "Fuck you, don't come in here." Right? And we've had that happen to us before. We've had people, obviously, mental health, substance abuse, who've been like, "Fuck that! Don't take their water. Don't take their <laughs> right, shit." Right. Right. Like, it's got fluoride. Yeah, in it. they're devil worshippers. Right. You know, right. we're part of the deep we've, state. We've heard it all, but right. Those people, at the end of the day, allow us to come in there and be of service. Right. We're also of service to the community of volunteers. Right. Because the volunteers we get. We are serving them as well. We are creating a platform for them to be present, for mm -hmm. them to get some freedom, for them to get some healing. Yeah. We got a lot of people that, that come from different worlds that, that felt some kind of need to do something for some, someone else as I did. Right, in because their own story, there are a lot of people not only that need the healing or whatever, but there's a lot of people who have a desire, but they don't know where to go with it. Yeah, right. And 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 and, and I heard, I think it was like maybe the Dalai Lama or somebody say that when you have a good intention, mm -hmm. the best is to act on it right away. And if you put up that platform <laughs> for feed the streets and it's available, when somebody has that intention. It makes it easier for them to act on it right away. Otherwise, if you're anything like me, you go, ah, oh, I should fucking da 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 da. Yeah, and, then I and then like two days goes by and I forget. But my book, again, Conversations with God, talks about <laughs> it's that first thought. Right. And if you don't act on it, you don't. your fucking mind is yes. going to talk you out of it. It's going to convince you out of it. Oh, right. I shouldn't have Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, and, and part of the exercise I'm doing right now is... Mm -hmm. Going off of that first initial thought, and it kind of talks about it in a way he uses an example of like you're walking down the street and an old bag lady asks you if you have any spare change. And at first you're like, you could feel money in your pocket. You're like, give her a five. I don't know. Then, then, then it, when you don't, you're kind of like, well, wait a minute. 
I got some loose change here. <laughs> I need that. I've only got seven dollars. Yeah. And then finally, you can't find a nickel, and you're like, oh, I can't give her a nickel because then she's gonna think I'm a scumbag. And then next thing you know, you already passed her. Right. And you didn't give her anything. Right. You missed when your chance. You missed your chance. When initially the first thing was of abundance. Mm -hmm. I have enough to make it. Like I can get lighter to You know what I'm saying? Faith. Faith. And it's just kind of like our heads and fear will come in and everything else and convince us that. And now you haven't done anything for the person. Man, I'll tell you so something. I, I, and I didn't mean to go off on a no, tangent, no, no. but uh, it's I like, have that. I have that tangent. exact same thing in a lot of different things. And one of the things that mm -hmm. I'm also working on is in terms of like my day or work or scheduling, mm -hmm. I think a lot of four thoughts, planned thoughts, where I'm like, if I do this right now and handle this right here real quick, mm -hmm. it'll set me up for three days from now. I'm going to already have it done. And that kind of thinking, if I wait once, if I hesitate, one. it's gone. And then right. that, that, that later day happens, and I'm fucking pissed. And it's compounded on you. Yeah, now it's Absolutely. more work. It's a brother. And I was in a treatment center. What do we have? One hour. That's the finger okay. for one hour. Um, there was a moment that I had, and I was in a treatment center in, in, um, by San Diego. Mm -hmm. And I had a, a car, and I was coming back up to L.A., and I, my son had just gotten old enough to get his car and he'd gotten out of treatment. And a friend of mine's like, what are you going to do? I go, I'm going to give my car to my son. And he goes, well, what are you going to drive? And I go, I don't know, but... You gave your car to Vince? Yep, I gave my car to Vince and I left myself with no car moving back into LA. And I said to him, I go, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's all going to work out for me. For so, I'm going to be fine, bro. I'm going to give him my car. And I didn't know how I was going to get around LA and rebuild my life. Without a car. But I was like, I'll take the bus or I'll find. And I didn't even have a job at that time. And I gave my son the car. And he's like, no, no. I'm like, dude, take it. And dude, within seven days of me doing that. So when I got approached by. Right. And like this whole like thing just popped off. And it was like, I bought a car like a week later. Bought one. I had fucking money. Like it all happened. It's like. I got. I always remember that, and I go back to that because when I really believe in mm -hmm. abundance, or when I really just take off on an idea that comes to me, and I don't let my head get in the way, it works, bro. And that's like the power of creativity, and like I don't know, bro. But no, I, it's true. It, that's a thousand percent true, bro. And it, the, the weird part about that is you can't do it thinking I'm going to get something back, back, but you also got to just do it and not worry about it because you'll figure it out. That's called. Faith in, in your abilities and faith in whatever. It's not just faith in universal energy. It is partially that. But it's also faith that you're going to be all right. I thank God ahead of time for yeah. everything he's given me. And it's not some fake out like that's how I'm going to get something. I like truly believe mm -hmm. that it's going to work out. Like it's, And when I live like that, it's different. But anyways, bro, I, I, I really yeah. like the fact that you had this idea <laughs> and you were like, you knew to just it, it enough, enough about me and Steve. Let's that, go back to you that, helping. <laughs> enough about how Steve and I figured it out. That, Let's go yeah. back to your uh, helping thinking, the homeless. That thinking is is basically all revolved around action. That's right. That's yeah, the subtext right there. Action. Yeah. You have an idea. You know, in your heart, in your gut, and in your mind, they're all aligned. That yeah. I want to do something. And you take action immediately. And you don't worry about if it's going to work. You don't worry about a fucking how it's going to look or anything. You just you go out and you do it and you see what happens. And so 
after after that Elysian Park 2019 food drive uh, supply drive that we did we had like the Instagram was very very new I think there was like I don't the know, Instagram yeah it was like there was like I don't know like 30 people followed it and I I didn't have an Instagram at the time so uh. and it was very very minimal and so what happened is the pandemic then happened. Right. I explained all this to NPR too. I I did a feed the streets on on NPR. It was what crazy. was it like getting interviewed by NPR? It was it was funny because um, <laughs> I. Uh, well, that wasn't a ringing endorsement, was it? It was like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was great. It was it was fast. Right. Because it who came are, out on Greater LA. Was it Ty Rizdahl? Did he? No. Who? What are the names, Sean? They all have. How come? Did you ask him why do NPR people all have crazy names? Like no, no one's got a normal name. No. Ty Rizdahl. Cherry Glazer. Cherry Glazer. Ira Flato. They got good names. They got. Good. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is there, you can tell. Ron Say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ron Just Say. Go with. Yeah. <laughs> You can just tell they're on NPR by the name. I don't know. You guys got some some good names, too. Blue Chumar, Eyes. That's my, Blue that's, my, that's my look right there. I right. love that name. Well, listen. Well, he's, he's part of the bloodline of fucking yeah. Sinatra. So. Right. Illegitimate, you know, illegitimate love child. Son, yeah. Love child. Yeah. He does get paid on the side. Yeah. That yeah. He won't His mom it. had a one-night stand, and so somehow it worked out to right when he was born, nine right. months after he was if born. If you so actually do the math and count it backwards, backwards. Yeah, yeah, it was he's, when and, uh, Frank Sinatra was in the... He, Northern he California. Was, yeah, area. I was in Northern California right. on that date. That's right. In that city. That's right. Eating sushi at the same place that his mom. I mean, come on. I mean, it's the coincidences on, yeah. are too crazy. Too high. Yeah. Yeah. They got yeah. the lineage and yeah. the trace yeah. down. A lot of smile. Sake. You can see it in them. Sake. Look at the eyes. Look at the that. eyes. They light up Look just like Sinatra. You got that. You should hear mannerisms too. The way he handles the mic oh, and shit. Are you kidding me? This guy right here is a fucking gentleman. Come fly away. Right. Come fly. Come fly with me. Work. Yeah, he's always like relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Except when All he's right. fighting nunchuck. Oh, don't bring him. Don't bring old blue eyes down to the homeless encampments. Okay, because there could be some trouble. Okay, so so <laughs> so after so okay, so what happens during COVID? So during so right right before COVID, mm -hmm. Amy had said, "Hey, you know this was so this was so good. I think we could do this more often." Right. I think we could do this like once every three months or once every six months. We could really, really do this. What do you what do you want to do? And I just I thought about the work that it took even to do, do this one. This one Elysian Park event mm -hmm. and my brain automatically was like, no, I can't do this two, three, four times a, a year. A year. That's it's it's so crush me. much. I got to live life. It's just it's a lot. It takes a lot of work to do yeah. the shopping, just to just all of it. Yeah. The assembling of the kits, you know, we we're making kits that had like a bag of chips, had some toothpaste, had some socks in there. Had, it was like a full. It was a much more involved, know, complex. Right. Fully it, matured. This kit compared to the PBJ and the and the right. couple of it, buglers. You come a long was way, baby. Day. Right, came a long so, way, baby. I was like, I don't know. You know, we'll the glasses have come off. The glasses Mr. Have come off. He's we'll, wiping his face. We'll see. So, <laughs> she she planted that seed. Yes, and 
the pandemic started to happen and it shut down the possibilities of throwing another group event. Right. And so the next thing that we did is we, re, there was a need for masks. You guys remember the mask shortage? Oh, yeah. yeah. I partly created that. There was, <laughs> there was a need for masks. So we were able to raise some money through social media to buy some masks. Nice. And we did. We bought some masks. And it was about $1,500 worth of mat, like the, the good ones. Wow. And we sent them to frontline workers at UCLA in different right. hospitals. Right. And the second thing we did is the grocery stores were out of food and there were long lines and elderly people couldn't, couldn't get groceries. Holy shit. So we raised money, not a lot, but enough to buy some groceries. And I was standing in line at the Ralph's. At the Culver Center on Venice and Overland in West LA, mm -hmm. and I was in line waiting for the when they uh, were going to allow the people under sixty to go in. Right. And there was a guy there who was trying to go in with the the sixty and over, but he was fifty nine. Oh, he was fifty nine. Fuck. He looked handicapped. He looked like he could be suffering from some health health issues and the Ralph's people said hey you're not 60 we, we can't let you in you're gonna have to wait till eight and he goes I, I really want to wait I really just want to go in there and be able to shop because I came in yesterday and I was forced to wait till eight and and I wasn't able to buy anything and I only have enough money for a packet of hot dogs and that broke my fucking heart I just was like oh my god here's this guy he has to wait to shop with all the rest of us young, healthy people because he's one year below the, the shutoff mark that's allowed to enter the supermarkets early. And he only had enough money for a packet of hot dogs. And that broke my fucking heart. And I had all these groceries that were in a freezer from Erewhon too. Like some of the, the, oh, the Rich. people had bought oh, Erewhon groceries. You buy yeah. hot dogs over there yeah. on an installment yeah, plan. Shout, shout out Chelsea Soden. Yeah, <laughs> she, shout out Chelsea Soden. She bought Soden. all this super sick mm -hmm. ass shit. Or, <laughs> organic fucking turmeric infused. And I, I walked dog. up to this guy. As you mentioned, that action, that idea, yeah. that internal feeling to do something. I walked up to him. I said, hey. Well, uh, call me. This is my number. Because he, he didn't even have a fucking phone on him. So he called me from a landline. Turned out it was a some kind of housing facility on a random street in the, in the cut of Culver City that housed mental health folk. Okay. And what turned out is just hooking him up with what he goes, there's a woman in here with a baby. We were able to dump all the groceries to this guy and hand them out to people in that building. So that was act number two during the pandemic, right? And, yeah. And then shit went crickets for a little while. I thought you were going to say to that guy that wanted the hot dogs, you're gonna be, you know what? I got a packet of mustard. Dude. <laughs> for your hot dogs. Hey. Do you see how that comes full circle? Yeah, Dude, yeah. God's got a sense of humor, Hassan. Yeah. All right. So act two, you go. So, 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 <laughs> so we're moving along. Then George Floyd happens. Holy this changes fuck. America again. Right. Okay. Right. And now people are in the street. There's a lot of, it, it almost feel like the, the city is slipping into something gnarly right now. Right, RoboCop. Feel it. I, was, I remember the LA riots. I was five, but I remember it. Right. And, and so, you know, I was 
I, I don't want to go too into what my beliefs are and were, but I knew that there was a way I had to be of service as well. And every bit of me wanted to blow up a cop car with a Molotov cocktail mm. bomb, okay? Mm. Yeah! Every like fiber like of yeah! my being wanted to, to show aggression to law enforcement for my own personal reasons. And I just knew that if I did that, it would open up Pandora's box for little Hassan. You know. Oh mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. you don't want that for little Hassan. The, the, no, sorry, Bobby. The, the, the no, clown no would good. be out of the box if that happened. It's really hard to put back in. And so, I was like, this, I got to do something. And I was like, you know what I'm gonna go do? All they just fucked up downtown. They rocked downtown. Uh, protesters, rioters, looters, whoever. They rock downtown. I was like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to clean up broken glass. I'm going to go down there and see if any mom and pop shops. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not against aggression and conflict towards law enforcement for the right reasons, but I'm against looting mom and pop shops. I'm against looting the little vegan store, you know? Right. I'm for you know, destroying ATMs and banks and, <laughs> and police cars. Sure, yeah. And right. Shit like that. Like, right. Yeah, fuck, fuck the system, you know? Right. Right. But I'm not down for, for them fuck the community. breaking the windows of the little Italian yeah, restaurant. You I'm know? not down for false flag um, cops pretending to be BLM protesters busting yeah. out mom and pop yeah. stores. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I go, I go down there, I bring some brooms and some trash bags, and I just start cleaning up glass. Nice. Um, and I'm just helping the shop owners, whatever, and they're very grateful and they're thankful. And then later this day, my friend was at Pan Pacific, and this is like when it went off, off. At Pan Pacific was when, when the world turned upside down for real. Like yeah. L.A. riots, take two. Right. And so my friend was there and I asked him a question. I said, hey, Kevin, what's it look like down there? He goes, dude, it is fucking crazy. There are, there are people dressed in black in tactical gear with walkie talkies and they are moving in the alley. They are coordinated. They are conducting operations and they look like cops, but we don't know who they are. I don't right. know if it's Antifa. I don't know if it's law enforcement, but these motherfuckers. Trump supporters. They're, they're doing shit. And I said, hey, do you see any paramedics, fire department, or people that could provide first aid in case anyone gets injured? And he goes, no. We are moving from Pan Pacific Park. Groups of people are moving down Beverly. And I go, so there's no medical personnel there to, to treat wounded protesters, civilians, or anyone. He's like, no. And I was like, all right, fuck that. I'm coming down there. I'm going to get my bug out bag. I'm going to pack. I'm going to rearrange my bug out bag for apocalypse to first aid. So, you (laughs) know, I just had to make some tweaks to it. Right. That was H2K day. Right. I loaded it up with gauze and just all kinds of shit that in case anyone gets hit with something or cut that I can stop the bleeding, get them out of Dodge. Right. 
And so I make my way down there. I type, I, I taped some, I think I, I had some red tape. I taped a big ass cross. Yeah, on right. me. So nobody will mistake. You're not there to do anything other than to help yeah. out. Or that's a good target. Right. It is. For the boys with the block guns, you know, they can just. Did you the, get hit with a beanbag? I, I didn't get hit, but they were busting. So I yeah. was, I could have got hit. Yeah. Right. And I was, and I've been, and so I went down there and that was my intention. And I didn't, I didn't by the time i got to someone who needed some help is someone had got maced and they were already pouring milk all over their face and and, and doing that and yeah. i i didn't have to treat anybody for wounds that day but they were they were torching the cop cars i saw the whole thing unravel on in melrose and it was total anarchy and and that maybe that's another another story yeah another podcast but I want to I want to hear kind of because we're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. But I want to hear kind of like the evolution of like now because you guys are doing stuff with yeah. backpacks for kids and you're yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're and doing all these. So kind of bring us kind of up so, to speed with what's going on and how it's come to now and what kind of stuff you've got so, going on. So up to speed. What happened is we were then able to to acquire more volunteers during the pandemic. People wanted to help out. And people, and especially after, I feel like George Floyd was like a wake up to America. Mm -hmm. And people were like, fuck, maybe I should do something for someone else too. Right. You know, and they started to come and join Feed the Streets in swarms. Nice. And so in the middle of all this, we started to provide first aid. So we were hitting, we were going to the protests like 30, 40 deep, everybody with red crosses taped to them and first mm -hmm. aid kits. And while all this was happening, that that idea of action mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, yeah. Where I was like, oh my God, I think we could throw another supply drive. Fuck it, everybody's out in the streets. No one cares about COVID right now. I think we could start to raise supplies for unhoused community again, mm -hmm. as we did at Elysian Park. Right. And so we did. We decided to to host a double supply drive. So basically two Elysian parks in okay. two parts of town, one in Venice and one in Silver, Silver Lake. And we had never hosted um, double a double supply drive in opposite sides of the city on the same day at the same time. Right. So that was a big operation. Wow. And, and so now... Where where do you guys who are you guys serving now? Like how big is the community so, serving so now? So the community now yeah. is we are serving communities, unhoused communities in Hollywood nice. and Skid Row every Sunday. Every, every Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Okay. there is hot food that's catered, it's cooked, full meals. There's hygiene. Man. There's clothing. Can Hard Luck Show come along? Or Hard how Luck can Hard Luck Show, Luck Show be a come, part of it? Hard Luck Show can come through. If volunteers mm -hmm. want to go and help out or donate, how do they contact Feed the Streets to get it going? They go yeah. on to our Instagram or our website. We have an open collective where you could be a monthly contrib contributor. You can make $5, $10 donation <laughs> a month. If you purchase any of our merchandise, it goes directly back to the community. But I want to give you guys the schedule. Go so ahead. Hollywood, Skid Row, every Sunday at 6 o'clock. Skid Row, every 
Tuesday and Thursday, we're serving hot coffee and pastries at 7 a.m. This is nice. every, this is every week. Wow. Right? Wow. Every month, we're hosting, co-hosting with Watts Community Corps down uh, by the Nickerson Gardens Housing Project. So right there across the street. Yeah. We're hosting arts and crafts event for at-risk youth. This nice. is now a once-a-month nice. event. Quarterly, we're hosting a skate event in South Central Damn. with all the sickest skate brands, skaters, food. and, and Skate brands, you guys. Skate. If you guys are an action sports company, if you're a skate brand, if you're a stu- streetwear brand, you need to go to Feed the Streets. Get a hold of Hassan. Guys, I'm going to be donating Supermax. I'm going to be donating Cookies brand. I'm going to be donating Vibe. Hard Luck Show is going to put some money in Into, on Feed the Streets absolutely. on a regular basis. Absolutely. I need brands. Estevan Oreo, Mr. Cartoon, Nick Diamond, Burner. I need you guys to step up and help this man. We are going to tag everything on this show, how you reach out to them and how you get involved in helping feed the streets. Because Hard Luck Show is about the community. And when absolutely. we say we're about the community, we just don't like how it looks. We care about how it lives. That's right. You guys, listen up, man. Get involved. This is a great opportunity. Even if you don't have the time, you can make the donation. If you don't have the money, you can donate the goods. If you don't have the that, if you don't have that, you can go down there yourself and donate your time and help out with these people. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell Ovando Bowen LLP, like, hey, donate some money to fucking hell feed yeah, bro. Oh wait a minute, that's me. And and movemental.media, stop being so cheap, you bastard. And if you're in New York. In New York. In New York. 3,000 miles away. We have Feed the Streets New York happening every Sunday. Gorilla Nems. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Get on that. Yeah. Drive your truck over Peter there. Peter Conti, so- get over there. Get over there. And so that's <laughs> that's that's where we're at today, and we have a full we have a board of directors. We have nice. a wonderful CEO, COO, president, yes. vice president. And yes. Every one of these people has hopped in the car and, and been down to Skid Row, been to Hollywood. Not been, afraid to roll up their sleeves. Not afraid to roll up their. Everybody has been in the trench. Hassan, man, I just I gotta thank you first for coming down today. Absolutely. For spreading the gospel, for for letting people know what's going on with Feed the Streets. What's the Instagram? Feed the Streets underscore L A. Feed the Streets underscore L A. Go follow them right now. Um, they're easy to get a hold of. If you drop a DM, they're gonna get back to you. Um, and we're going to figure out some ways to cover this, contribute to this. Um, we're going to have you back on for updates. Um, when you have events, give us the flyer. Absolutely. We'll story it and we'll put it up on about all Supermax. send you a flyer will. right now. Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, if you're sitting there right now on your couch and you feel worthless and you sat there and you go, you know what? I ate a bunch of empty calories. I drank a bunch of alcohol last night. All I'm doing is satisfying myself. I can't stop fapping to save my life. And you feel like a piece of crap and you want to do something for somebody else? Hit up Feed the Streets, right? Mm-hmm. Find some purpose. Find some service. Find some meaning. Do something. This is good, And bro. If, you're, if you're feeling good and you're the reverse of all that and you feel like you're on top of the world and you want to <laughs> enter the fucking fifth dimension and rock, yes. rock it into space. Right. Come, Come fuck with us as well. Yeah, there you, you, you want to feel even better. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Excellent, man. Great show. I mean. Feed the streets. That's what the it. fuck, bro? What the fuck? Give All it right. up. All right. O- yeah. Ovonabo and LLP, we were braids to court. And you know what? We help out the community. And thank you to Hassan Feed the Streets. Thank Amazing you. story. Yes. I'm good.
Okay. Sean at Movie Leave, leave that space for him, you know? Oh, yeah. Come on, feed the streets. Feed the streets. Dot media. Dot <laughs> yeah. media. At movement. Yeah, dot, dot info. Hassan. Hassan. Dot info. Supermaxhardware.com. Summer collection. Capsule dropping in a couple weeks. Keep your eyes out. Cookies brand. Uh, Vibes rolling papers. Um, Estevan Oreo, the Soul Assassins. Westlos documentary. Shout out to Charlie Chacon. And yeah. a shout out to PYFC, Oscar and Alex for this space. Enzo's Pizzeria. The city of Santa Monica. Thank you very much. And great photographer Mike Angelo. Big pick Mike. Yeah, one of the greatest of all time. At Mike Angelo Photography. Come on, Mike. Yo, thank everybody, man. Thank the Hard Luck Show. Thank all you gentlemen for always doing this and supporting the community and all the people out there and getting better. And just much love to everybody as usual. There it is. And Big, Big Mike. Our long running sponsor, if you have a beard. Pulpo! Big shout out to Calco, our showrunner. Great job. Yeah, he's got a huge beard. And where's Calco? He's 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 in Colorado and everything else. Instagram, Jesus, thank you, sir. Raul! Raul, graphics artist Raul. And graphics artist Raul, are you 50? Pulpo! Pulpo! Love you guys. We're out of here. Hasta la vista from Feed the Streets underscore LA. All I have in this world is my balls and my word, and I don't break them.